Hi, and welcome back to The Confusion Experiment. This is episode 25. My name is Camille Conti. I am the host of the podcast and the author of the book with the same name. And I'm really having a wonderful time hanging out with you every Monday in the laboratory of life, dropping a little deeper into these topics that I discuss in my book. And I have said it every episode, and I'll say it again today. If you've not yet had the chance to go back to the beginning of the show, which started June 1st, and listen to the 18 findings that came from the experiment, I encourage you to do that. The good news is each of those episodes, under 10 minutes each, so that you can listen to them pretty quickly. But my goodness, they are chock full of really relevant information, insight, and wisdom that came through me as a result of meditating for one hour every day for 100 days, primarily to see if meditation could heal my confusion. Of course it did, but it also did so much more. And that's why I launched this podcast, because what we're going through right now in real time and what I learned in that experiment absolutely applicable and relevant. And so I just really appreciate you hanging out with me and sharing this new podcast with those who you think might like what we're talking about here. In fact, whether you are on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or at the homepage on podbean.com, you can share the episodes right there from the episode page. It's an easy way to put it on social media or get it to somebody that might be going through whatever it is that we are talking about. These last couple of weeks, we've talked about living with uncertainty. We've talked about confusion as a state of high consciousness, as well as a strategy, which is still one of the more interesting episodes. And today I want to talk to you about two things, two prongs that come out of the same wheel. I want to talk to you about instinct versus intuition. And I want to talk about decision making. I've got a lot of people in my life who are either teachers or teacher assistants or parents who are dealing with whether or not to send their kids back to school and are dealing with whether or not they should go back to school teaching and assisting. And I touched on this a little bit last week as it relates to different methods that you can try when it comes to making a decision, including putting the decision in your body and giving yourself a sense of what that feels like. So I want to go back and talk about those pieces and add to that instinct and intuition and what to do when you don't know. One of the greatest things that I have come to realize on my spiritual path, even before I did the experiment, though it was certainly reconfirmed and amplified in the experiment, is that there is a knower within me. There is an intelligence available to me that knows. And it knows all because it is all. This is the intelligence that governs this universe. It is scientific and spiritual, but for me, not at all religious. This is where science and spirituality are wedded, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We don't have to see the law of gravity to know that if we step off a building, 
the law of gravity is going to dictate what happens to us, right? So there are certain universal laws that we have tremendous respect for. It's in our subconscious. We just know these laws and so be it. The law of attraction became a household name when the secret came out. And it helped a lot of people wake up to this law that is constantly active and is constantly working upon our word and our thoughts and our deeds, whether we're aware of it or not. And so the need to be awake, the need to wake up is absolutely critical right now. Waking up to how the world works, waking up to these universal laws that govern things, whether we believe it or not. Like, even if you don't believe in the law of gravity, that doesn't mean you're still not going to fall when you step off the building. That's why they're universal laws, they're principles. They were here before we got here, and they're going to be here long after we're gone. So the best thing that we can do is to learn about them, remind ourselves about them, so that we can work in accordance with them. The other thing that I've realized about this knower within me is that not only is it my source, and not only is it tapped in to everything about my life, including what I desire most and how to bring that desire into fruition, it's constantly communicating to me. Now, my, my work, if I can use that, that term, is to be listening. My opportunity is to balance my talking with silence. And so these days, I, like you, I'm in a place of not knowing. I know a little bit. I have a sense However, a lot of the details and the fuller picture has not yet been revealed to me. So I'm in a point right now where I am really wanting to allow my wisdom of what I know to be true, there's an intelligence within me that knows, to allow that to settle me into a place of listening and receptivity. Because if this intelligence is real, and to me it is, and if it already knows the outcome of this moment, and to me it does, then it would behoove me to sit still on a regular basis and create the environment for it to be heard. And for me, that's meditation and prayer. It's also walking and riding my bicycle. Whatever it is for you, I invite you to continue to cultivate your time in that activity so that you can continue to cultivate this relationship with the one within you that knows. Why is that important? I, I was reading the wonderful Ernest Holmes this morning, as I do every day. He's the founder of my spiritual philosophy, the science of mind and spirit. It goes back to the early 1900s. I think it just celebrated its 100th year last year or the year before that. So it's been around a while and it's it's based on all universal truth. So it's a wonderful philosophy. It's a wonderful way of life. And in the reading, he was talking about the difference between instinct and intuition. And to summarize what he was saying is that instinct is in the animal. It's this blind knowing that leads an animal to food. It leads this, the, the salmon back to, to where it all began. You know, it, it's just this, this internal knowing that is instinctive in the animal. They don't have to do anything. It's just already there. Intuition is that instinct alive with self-awareness? So in other words, instinct becomes intuition in us 
as we bring our awareness of its existence. Why is all this important and why am I talking about this today? Because in this time of COVID, in this new design for living, in the protests, in the collapse of life as, we, as we've known it, with the numbers rising, people unemployed, people losing their homes, there is so much on a foundational structural level that is falling away. And it's very, very scary for a lot of people, and rightly so. It is an opportune time to come into relationship with your intuition. Come into relationship with the inner knower that can assist you and me in taking the steps through this place that has no map. For a lot of people, this kind of language is really new. And if that's true for you, I applaud you for sitting through this week's episode and giving yourself permission to take in something that's new. Because it is not going to come from the headlines. Remember, a headline announces something that is already done. So by the time you get a headline, it's complete. There is nothing you can do except react, respond, or let it go. That's why you have to be very careful about how much time you spend in the news and in the headlines because you're giving your precious now moment to something that is already done. What could we do instead of that? We could cultivate an environment that allows us to strengthen our relationship to our intuition. We all have intuition. We all experience intuition. Sometimes our intuition says, turn here or call this person. We all have it. But when you consciously develop that relationship, when you say to yourself, you know, I want to spend more time hanging out in the silence, in prayer, in nature, communing with the one within me that knows, it responds in equal measurement because it is an intelligence. It is awake, it is aware, it is alive. It is not a headline. It is an active energy that knows. Do you understand what I'm saying here? We're talking about something that is alive. It is responding and it is responsive. And because it never pushes itself onto us, it just sits, so to speak, in all its fullness, in all its knowing, and waits for us to come to it. And when we do, it responds accordingly. So how that relates to change and whether or not you should send your kid back to school and whether or not you should go back to school or all the many things that people are trying to figure out right now is that this thing knows. Now, your mind is saying, this is ridiculous. What is this woman saying? Why? Because the mind's job is to know. And when the mind perceives that you're going to something else besides it as a source of knowing, well, that just, that just doesn't work for the mind. The mind presents itself as the knower. And it's not to dismiss the mind completely. I'm not saying that. It's not to dismiss that which you know. I'm not saying that either. However, what I am saying is that along with the mind, there is intuition. And that knows. Along with the mind, there is the heart. And that knows. And in our society, intuition and the heart have no value in, in that which we call knowing. And they have no value in that which we call how one knows. 
The mind can only take us so far. And then when it takes us that far, what next? Intuition and the heart. This is a beautiful thing to me because it expands the components of decision-making. In other words, it, it, it expands the opportunity and it brings more to the table that we can use when we're in a moment like this where we feel like we don't know why, because it's something new and we can't turn around and go back to a time when we were here. So we don't have a reference point, which is really difficult for the mind. But the heart and the intuition says, hey, you know what? We don't need the past because we're the present. In fact, the heart and the intuition says we already know the future. That's our relationship to it. And if you let us into this process, if you cultivate some time with us, if you learn the language of the heart by reading Camille's book and listening to her podcast, if you develop the intuition that is at the center of your being, if you play with it, if you test it, if you develop it, if you strengthen it, you will have the mind, the heart, and your intuition all there to assist you in knowing what the quote-unquote right thing to do is. Your children have this at the center of their beingness as well. And depending upon their age, I would encourage you to absolutely bring them into the mix, to ask them what feels right to you. What are your concerns? What are your worries? I'm sure you're having this conversation with them. But in case you're not, because fear is blocking that, it's an opportunity to just sit at the table and lay it all out there. You know, when I, when I do prayer for people, I like to first deal with reality. What's going on? What are you afraid of? What is your mind telling you? What is your past telling you? You got to deal with all of that. And it's, it deserves to be dealt with. It's real. It's playing a part in things. Once you deal with that, once you acknowledge it, bring compassion to it, allow it to exist versus pushing it away, then you can take the next step up on the ladder and move towards things like the heart and move towards things like intuition. Because the truth of the matter is, is when it comes time to make any decision, all you can do is the best that you can do at that time, which is why it's also a beautiful thing to give yourself permission to change your mind, change your heart. That's why that saying is she had a change of heart. We do the best that we can, and let's also make it okay to change our mind as more is revealed and more information comes into us. We have grown up, many of us have grown up with this formula that says, pros and cons list, make a decision, and you live and die by that decision. No, I'm not a part of that any longer myself. I assess I tune in, I tap in, do meditation, I counsel with the people in my life that are, that are in that role for me, and then I decide. Sometimes the decision makes me, and it's just a process of surrendering to what the decision really is and dealing with the resistance that my mind has around it. But ultimately, I step into it to the best of my ability. And then there's always those moments down the road where I go, huh, I'm not sure that's really working. And I give myself permission to change my mind. So as it relates to you and the situation with kids and going back to school, I invite you right now to take a deep breath and exhale and to give yourself permission to turn away from all the outer information you pretty much know what you need to know from that source of information. So you put that over here. 
Then you take some time to go within yourself, however you do that. I don't know how to meditate. You can go to my other website, This Awakening Spirit, and get my free meditation course. I think it's five or six courses, 10 to 15 minutes long each each lecture. And basically, it's just about learning how to breathe, how to focus on your breathing, how to be mindful of your breathing. If you could do that a couple of minutes a day, a couple of times a day, you're basically experiencing the most basic form of meditation. Don't make it hard. It doesn't have to be hard. It's only difficult for the mind, for your heart, for your intuition. It's just standing by ready for you to simply just say to it, okay, heart of mind, show me the way. Okay, heart of mind, what do you what do you sense about this whole thing I have to make a decision about? You tell your intuition, okay, listen, I know you're there. Uh, maybe this is my first time hanging out with you or it's been a while since I've used you, but I'm here, I'm available to you. Show me the way. Show me the way. That's such a great, that's such a great command. Show me the way. I'm open. Make it really obvious and make it really big that I trip over it mentally, you know, emotionally. Show me the way. Because then what happens is you have a process. You have a, a way. You have a, a methodology for yourself by which you make decisions. We've talked about critical thinking last week and the importance of putting on the filter of neutrality. The filter of neutrality removes emotion from the situation at hand, which is really important. I've had to do that myself. In fact, another thing I wanted to talk about today is the sensation that, that is surrender because that's a part of this topic. And, and it truly is a sensation. I would imagine another word for it is grace. I was aware of it while it was happening, and it was really cool. It was kind of mystical. Like I separated from myself, and I was observing, wow, I'm surrendering. It was a sensation of letting go. It wasn't a mental knowing I have to let go. It wasn't an emotional letting go. It was a literal sensation of me letting go, like the feeling of when you let the balloon go. And it was really powerful. And I was so grateful for it. Because one of the things I've been saying is to my higher power, to my inner knower, I've been saying, help me do the things I of myself cannot do. Help me heal this situation. Help me forgive this person. Help me do that which of myself I can't do. And that is surrender. That is a beautiful moment. So that might be something you want to try. Maybe this has been a very difficult time for you to figure out what am I supposed to do? Like with my mom, when I was caring for my mom, one of the big stressors was that I was responsible for her. I don't have any kids. I don't have a husband. I have not lived inside the experience of being responsible for anyone else's well-being except my own. And so I can only imagine what it's like as a parent to have to make this decision, literally life or death, as it relates to your kids. I want to say I promise you, but I'm always mindful of that kind of a guarantee. I can only say based on my own experience, if you try this, if you bring the heart and your intuition into this process, at the very least, when you decide or when you allow that decision to make you, you will feel complete. In other words, you will feel, I've done the work, I've prayed, I've meditated, I've asked, I've researched, I've counseled, and now I'm able to step forward 
with this decision because for this moment, it's the best that I can do. And I'm going to allow myself to change my mind if and when information, facts, situations change. Because really, what I teach in my change class is that it's continuous. You know, the mind loves to think that you make a decision, okay, that's it, put it over there, it's all done, we never have to visit it again. But that's not how life works. Life is a continuous evolutionary experience. Things are changing all the time. That's why when you go through deconstruction, like we're going through now, and destruction, which is necessary for the rebuild, going through times like this of unbelievable change, it is incredibly helpful to be flexible, to lose your preferences for how you like life to be, to lose your preferences on how you like to be, how you like other people to be. As you begin to surrender all of that and let it all go, and simply stand in the present moment. I'm open. I'm available. I don't have any preferences right now. I'm just open to that which is in my highest good. I'm open to that which is in the highest good of my children. Show me the way. I'm listening to the heart. I'm developing and learning about the language of my own heart. I'm starting to sense what intuition feels like in me. Sometimes it's a feeling. For others, it's a knowing Sometimes it's a body sensation. As you walk with this, you're going to get to know how you and your intuition interact, how you and your intuition communicate, how you and your heart talk to each other. It is a practice and it's necessary right now. The old skin cannot hold the new wine. The bag is leaking. The old way of knowing cannot be applied to this new moment of change. But that doesn't mean we don't have a new way, a new process, new tools available to us right now that can meet the challenge. Because we do. However, you've got to acknowledge that. You've got to seek that. You've got to be willing to say the past is over. It's a done deal. There ain't nothing there that's going to help me right now. Let me let that go. Let me stop dragging the past into the present moment, hoping that it's going to inform me of the future. It is such a powerful time. I could talk about this every single day because it's just that important and necessary to educate ourselves about this. So instinct, intuition, the heart, the one within you that knows. The realization that the mind can only take you so far. Thank it for as far as it has taken you. And now turn towards your heart, turn towards your gut, right? They say the gut is the other brain, the heart, the gut. We've got more than the brain that's behind our skull. You have everything that's necessary to make this and any other decision you have to make because now you're giving yourself permission to change your mind if you need to. You're flowing like a river. This is the best that I can do now. This is the best assessment I can make now. And we remain open should we have to change our mind or reassess or reconsider things down the road. So in conclusion, I encourage you 
to spend less time in the headlines, less time in your head, and more time sitting with yourself. Oh, I don't like to sit with myself, Camille, because that's when everything starts rushing forward. Yeah, I know. But the longer you practice sitting with that which rushes forward, the sooner it will be that you realize you are not that. The longer you practice sitting still, focused on your breathing, whether it's two minutes a day, five minutes a day, I don't really care how long it is, do it for 60 seconds. The point is, begin the daily practice. Why? Because the old way is not applicable to the new way. You've got to be, well, you don't have to do anything. I encourage you to realize that you're at a point right now in your own personal life where you have an opportunity to embrace new things, new methods, new skills, new tools. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people out there in the world teaching, giving away free content, right? Myself included. So there's no shortage of that. But ultimately, Ultimately, you're only going to have the real experience when you turn towards yourself and have the experience. You can be inspired by me. You can be fired up by me. You can be entertained by me. But until you have your own personal experience of you, you will not fully know what only you can know through experience. I hope today's episode has been helpful. I hope like a spoon, a big wooden spoon in my mother's tomato sauce, stirring it did that to your mind. I hope things got stirred up. I hope you're thinking about things differently. And I hope you're listening to that place within you that's saying, you know, let's give this a shot. We got nothing to lose here and a whole lot to gain. Your intuition and your heart are standing by ready to be of service to you, but they do need the invitation. So welcome them in. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show with others. Have a terrific week, and I will see you next Monday here in the Confusion Experiment in the Laboratory of Life. Take good care. <laughs>